0: Dave. Good morning, Jim English. How are you? I am doing fabulous. Always great to hook up with you. And we got exciting times in the NBA.
1: No question about it, Super Dave. And uh, this is Jim English and Super Dave. And we welcome you to our podcast on the NBA. We've been doing this for the entire year and having a ball. And we dedicate this to Randy Larson, our dear friend who passed away about a year and a half ago. And as always, we started off with saying something about Randy. And I know that you're never lost for words, Super Dave. So what do you say about Randy now?
0: Well, I thought about that, Jim. And we've talked so much about what a great basketball player Randy Larson was, but I'd like to talk today on the fact of Randy's personality. There's certain people and only a handful that we meet in a lifetime that, you know what, Jim, it's just, it's wonderful to be in the same room with them. And Randy was one of those guys, wasn't he? I mean, when people were around, if you have just stood there uh, uh, and not know the people around, you would see that everything is evolving around one person. And that person would be Randy. There there was some magnetism to his personality that it's hard to describe, isn't it, Jim?
1: No question about it. First of all, he was, he had some very unique gifts that were, and we're talking personality wise. Uh, First of all, he was incredibly intelligent and had a memory, like steel trap, nothing escaped that memory of him. And he was so intelligent. But he also was very personable as well and the combination a rare combination of intelligence and not being cocky and very personable made him so easy to seek out and he was so affable and god knows we miss him huh
0: oh definitely and and you you struck it just right on the nose as you always do jim he was unassuming with that intelligence. He was a genius. He was literally a genius. We can go into reasons why, but the fact is, he 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 almost tried to disguise that fact. And 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 he was he was always positive. He was always smiling. He he exuded this kind of confidence without cockiness, like you said. And and Jim, you and I are privileged to have known him. But what's great is that we dedicate this podcast to him and. Uh, I, I I trust you're you're getting this out to people because we not only taught some really hardcore and very uh, sophisticated uh, facts about the NBA, but we incorporate the whole genre of basketball and and we always talk about our our history as basketball players and it really revolves around Randy so. Thanks, Jim, for always bringing up Randy at the outset of this podcast.
1: Well, and, you know, he, a uh, couple of insights that he gave me is I was rooming with him when the three-point line came into being. So he taught me uh, several things, but he taught me about the, the mathematics of the three-point shot, Okay. <laughs> Because he was, you know, he obviously loved it because he, that was well within his range. And if you do the math, so if you're shooting 40% from three-point land, okay, and you take 10 shots, you get 12 points. So that is like shooting 60% from two-point land. So... Anybody shooting, if you're shooting 50% from two point land, you take 10 shots, you make 10 points, right? Yeah. Uh, Math is pretty simple there. But if you take, if you take, if you're shooting 40%, that's 12 points. If you're shooting 37 to 38% from three point land, you're over that points per game. I'm sorry, that 10 points per 10 shots, which means you're over 50% from two-point land. So he was predicting what the NBA is now. He was a man of vision because he knew mathematically that the three-point shot would totally change the NBA, which it has. And one other thing he told me is that, Lonzo ball is an excellent basketball player. You know, he can, he can do everything. He can drive, he can dish. He's unselfish plays defense, steals, block shots. The problem is, will he be able to stay on the court? And I remember talking to him and he said that he did not think that Lonzo ball would be available as much as he should be and i have to tell you i mean how good would chicago be right now if they had lonzo ball they're already one and one with milwaukee
0: well that's a wonderful segue into something i was gonna uh say sometime during our podcast today but uh you and i were both basketball players ourselves and uh one thing uh about my game i'm I'm six foot six and uh at my era, we not only didn't have the three-point line, big guys were not supposed to shoot outside, and coaches wanted me close to the basket. And, and most big guys, gave, you know, if, if you would stand up by 20, 25 feet, they'd let you shoot that because they didn't think you could shoot. Well, I could hit that shot, Jim. And, but I'm watching the, the basketball game today that we're going to talk about in the NBA, and I'm telling you, I didn't have the game. These guys did. Maybe I could have developed it, but it's a different game than we played Jim. It is so incredible. The, the athletes, uh, that are there today and the superstars and and you know what Jim there's superstars that seem to be developing every week now in the NBA and, and it's an incredible game. And no matter how good we were at our era, Jim, we couldn't, we couldn't play with these guys. Uh, or, or barely get on the court with him because I used to be able to play with, and I did play with the pros and I could compete, but not in today's game until, unless I uh, brought it to another level and I didn't have it at the time. I could shoot the, I could have been able to shoot the three, Jim. And so could Randy, but uh, I, I don't, I don't see, I, I don't recognize the game uh, uh, compared to when we played Jim.
1: Well, it's just the athletes are so big and so explosive and they're so versatile now. And, you know, what was interesting is that the Euros have done an incredible job of changing the NBA. I mean, you know, if you look at it, all three MVP candidates are Euros.
0: Oh, and, you know, the Euro step, we didn't have the Euro step, Jim. We didn't have the teardrop, the, the floater shot in our time. The, the ball handling, the handles... On players weren't the same. Uh, There's just so many developments that are really only in the current game in the last five, 10 years.
1: uh, I love. So now that we switch from, you know, it is interesting to super Dave. And by the way, as I say this on every podcast, (laughs) super Dave did not give himself that nickname. It was to differentiate between him and Dave Hellman. Who is a great friend of ours? Who organized parties for Randy and one of Randy's best friends ever, Hondo and so, I, <laughs> so it was just to differentiate the two of them in emails and such. So Super Dave did not give his nickname. Because Thank you for that, you, Jim. I, if, I don't
0: want to be pretentious.
1: If you listen to the podcast, Dave is a Super Dave is a very humble intelligent insightful man with vision and we are really love the fact that he has embraced our telecast on the who gives a shit files so how about starting with the nets and celtics what are you seeing in that series
0: oh i i love that series that is so fascinating jim uh that and, and the first two games of that series where uh, it, it was a, just a, a wonderful distribution of basketball at the last second to, to win a game that it looked like that uh, the Nets had wrapped up. And then the, the second game, it looks like the Nets had them the whole way. And again, uh, Boston put it on at the end. And I think we you and I talked about the Celtics Uh, And by the way, that's the Dave Hellman's favorite team, the Boston Celtics. And a lot of our friends love the Celtics.
1: Yeah, and I hate, you know, and you're very kind letting me get on the couch and talk about my issue with the Celtics. But I have to say that my prejudices have turned about because I really do. I can never say I love a Celtics team. But I do like them, and I am pulling for them. And what they have done, Super Dave to KD, is unbelievable. So I got some stats here. So Kevin Durant, he's averaging 25 points a game, but field goal percentage. He is shooting 28.6 from threes and 32.4% overall on his field goal percentage and keep in mind, he is a career 50% shooter, you know, overall with field goal percentage and 39% from threes. This is career numbers and they are way, way down because they're beating him up. I mean, it's physical and you know, he looks like he's a pinball machine bouncing off players and it, what i see is i just see ferocious defense on him on kd and it's in his head what are you seeing
0: well, absolutely jim because and we have talked about it in previous podcasts is that that's the system that the Celtics have developed is defense it's it's been an incredible uh system that they put together of defense and uh uh, before we go further, I think we should talk about you're alluding to your, the therapeutic cast. We kid Jim because uh, <laughs> he's a longtime Laker fan and of course the nemesis is the Boston Celtics. So uh, we usually spend about five what five to seven minutes a, 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 a show, Jim, to, to kind of give you some therapy so you, 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 you at least can get through these, these times when the Celtics are here and the Lakers have been home for weeks now.
1: Oh, the Lakers suck so bad. <laughs> they do. They suck so bad. And also, to, I mean, LeBron wrecked them. You know, it's also you know the winning time. I don't know if you've watched that at all, Super Dave. But uh, yeah, you know, put, that's, put
0: a pillow under your head on the couch right now, okay? I really <laughs> feel bad now if you if you've watched that show. I I haven't watched it, but I I've heard all about it, and it's 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 rather ridiculous. It,
1: it's yeah, it's really it's really a good show with the exception of their portrayal of Jerry West, and oh, that's,
0: you know, he, oh, I know Jerry West, and that's that's so terrible what they're doing uh, to his reputation. And people that don't know him think that he's a a wild man, and there's nothing farther from the truth. But let's not get off the Celtics to right uh, yet. Uh, I, I want to talk about the, the the injuries now in the playoffs, and Rob Williams. Is still out with a knee problem, and and the Celtics who who have gotten up in the series with the Nets, uh, they're missing their their rim protector and they still. But what they're doing with uh, to Durant, Jim, is what uh, traditionally is the only way to, to defeat big men is to to attack them when the ball comes below their their shoulders and to harass them as much as you can, and that's what it's it's brilliant. How the, uh, uh, the Celtics are playing that defense, and not, not many people, as they sit down and watch an NBA game, appreciate the defensive side of it. But that's what's making it to the success of the Celtics and what's harassing Durant so badly.
1: No question about it. And you have, you know, Marcus Smart, who's a Defensive Player of the Year, who's surrendering probably six inches to KD. But we know that. That Marcus Smart is extremely strong and extremely smart. And between him and Jason Tatum, who is every bit of 6'9, who can hang with Durant, you know, they're making his life miserable and everybody else is collapsing on him. And, you know, Kyrie, who, who is quite a character, uh, you know, he went off in the first game. What did he get? 30. Thirty-seven points or something, and that doesn't include the the points he should get for flipping off the Boston. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're right. It is defense. It is old time, old fashioned, hard nosed Celtic defense. Red Arbach, you know, Red Arbach is smoking a cigar in his grave right now, and just loving it. And he is giving uh, Jerry Buss a hard time about what's happening with the Lakers and with the Celtics, because they're playing great defense. And as you know, you know, the, 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 the listeners may or may not know this, you go down two zero in a series, you have a 7% chance of coming back. So statistically the nets in this grand experiment is over.
0: They're going to lose. Well, it looks like uh, the Denver Nuggets are in the same situation. They're down 3-0, which nobody's ever come back from that. But still, there's some fascinating matchups in, in this NBA playoffs. And, the, uh, and and talk about defense uh, and Tatum, you know, they're defending uh, uh, Jason Tatum pretty well, too, because he's, uh, he's not been uh, averaging as many points as he did during the regular season in this playoffs
1: has him but you know Brown is doing what he normally does, and I think it's a testimonial to the Celtics that they're not going. They do not have Robert Williams Jr., you know, to or Robert Williams III. It might even be that is you know a leader in block shots in the NBA, a rebounding leader. Yet they're still beating the Nets. But that that it Tease, right, These Tease, They're their big guy coming off the bench, and Grant Williams too, formerly of Texas A&M, who is a 6'6 power forward, is really stepped up. I mean, it's, it, it's amazing to me. It's a testimonial to their defense, to their coaching, and also, you know, we were talking, you and I, at the All-Star break, and they were the Celtics were in the tank, and they totally turned it around a real testimonial to their organization and culture.
0: And You know, I think uh, uh, Williams is now day-to-day. If he comes back, I think that is not only going to uh, take out the Nets in that series, but uh, I think you and I have both kind of uh, leaned towards the Celtics coming out of the East, and uh, I still feel that because now uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have a a, a Middleton hurt uh, quite – seriously that no telling when he's going to be coming back and so there's some some other teams with some chinks in their armor and I think the Celtics if they get Williams back are, are going to be my favorite to come out of the east
1: yeah and you know I want to uh, I want to lodge you summa cum laude for Super Dave because you pick Golden State Warriors even when Steph was hurt even when uh, Draymond Green was hurt, and they're up 3 0, oh, and nobody's ever going to come back. And they are rolling super, Dave. You want to talk about your team here? Oh, yeah, no. And, uh, I, I,
0: I was the, the thing that I thought might uh short rail them was uh, was Stephen Curry's, but he's coming back to healthy, and you can now see it was one of my factors for bringing that up, uh, Jim. Was, was that I thought Clay Thompson would eventually round into shape and he is now rounding into shape. And then you had the development of Looney uh, as, as a, another one of the stars on the team. And that team is really starting to roll. I, 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 I think that that's very likely in my mind, I see golden state. And then of course there's another injury factor with uh, Phoenix, which is the biggest competition for golden state. Uh, and there's no telling how, affected booker is going to be with his uh, i've had a hamstring injury uh, jim and it's it's tough is that's a tough injury for a basketball player and i i'm looking at golden state to to come out of the west and, and for a, a warrior celtics finals in my in my humble opinion
1: well and your humble opinion seems to be right on So Steph Curry is doing amazing things. So I was crunching, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I like to crunch some. You're a cruncher, Jim. I'm a cruncher. So Steph Curry, who's coming off the bench and you gotta love the culture of Golden State where their star, their MVP, the face of the franchise goes, yeah, I'm hurt. So I'll come off the bench. And he's averaging 25 points in 25 minutes off the bench. He is shooting 44% from three-point land. I, I, you know, it's just astounding how well they're doing. Klay Thompson, right? You said he's back. Well, you are right, because he is averaging 22 points and shooting 45% from threes. Now, and another guy that I wanted to talk about, Jordan Poole, I believe that he was the last guy drafted in the NBA two years ago. And he is averaging 18 and a half points and shooting 36, almost 37% from three point land. So you've got, you've got three mad bombers that are just doing amazing things And also, too, is if you look at it, also Draymond Green. And by the way, when I was looking at numbers, interesting, there are seven different greens in the NBA playoffs (laughs) right now. So that's a common name. And, I mean, he is averaging eight points a game, eight assists, five rebounds, and he is shooting 38% from three-point land. I mean, if they continue shooting like this, and, you know, with the diversity of people shooting like this, they're going to be impossible to beat. Impossible.
0: Yeah, your green comment is a green power at, at play now in the NBA. And yeah, it is. Jordan Poole in the playoffs now uh, is averaging 28.7 points a game in the playoffs. So he's upped his game. And uh, that is a, a, another factor in that uh in that golden state, but it's, uh, it's, and Curry, and we've talked about it before. That's the best shooter I have ever seen. And he is, he is on his game. So that is a very formidable team. That's, uh, that's getting there. And Clay Thompson now coming alive is, uh, is just going to be spelled some real problems for anybody that's going to go out, up against them in the West, Jim.
1: Totally agree. I mean, you know, a shout out to Steve Kerr. You know, he's doing a great job of getting these guys open shots, and you can't guard them all. I mean, you just can't. I mean, when you have have three players that are shooting approximately 40% from the three-point land, you can't guard them all. All you can do is open up all your windows to your stadium and hope the wind blows off because there's nothing you can do now Uh, But I I don't see, I don't see uh, Denver coming back at all. This series is over and, you know, that will allow Steph Curry to get healthy. And I'm just so impressed by the coaching, the culture, the three point shooting, you know, the, the development of Jordan pool. I mean, it's just loony, all their role players, you know, I mean, as much as I hate to admit it, because I still hold a grudge about Roseboro being hit with a bat by Juan Marshall <laughs> back in the 60s. Back on the couch, Jim. <laughs> that, that, you know, it's hard for me to root for a Golden State team, but this is everything that is good about basketball.
0: Well, I'm glad you sing of, about Steve Kerr because uh, he and Curry actually kind of negotiated that. System for bringing him off the bench because uh, uh, they're you know you know they're sort of budgeting his uh, his time now on the floor till he gets 100 percent healthy. But uh, and also you you've mentioned the the word again and you you bring it up at just the right part, part. Jim is culture. The culture of the Golden State Warriors from the ownership down to management and then the the way Kerr Kerr uh, runs that team is is it's really a, a joy to watch and. We, we talked about Jerry West. Well, he has his fingerprints on that organization as well, Jim.
1: He does. He does. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just phenomenal the way they're doing. And I want to give you, once again, a shout-out for picking this. And they were – I mean, you did—you picked them to, to uh, come out of the West – when they were down, when Steph Curry was questionable, when Draymond Green was questionable, I mean, you picked it. So uh, once again, summa cum laude is Super Day. Oh, Green!
0: You. Yeah, we forgot about that. Him being back, and it was—I'm uh, trying to think—which the color announcer was identifying. It was uh, Reggie Williams. Uh, uh, I can't remember exactly who it was, but that he really makes that team. He, he is so cohesive. The way he He's not literally a point forward, but he sort of orchestrates the transition game, the defense, uh, Green being healthy, Curry being healthy. Uh, they're not 100%. Uh, probably Clay Thompson isn't either, but they're all getting to the 80 90%. And if that matures, if that peaks at the right time, yeah, they are going to be a real force, but a real fascinating team to watch. But, boy, there's still a lot of uh, dangerous teams out there, Jim.
1: There are, and I'm going to talk about one of them that has has surprised me, but there's some players that have really stepped up. I am going to be really bold here, and I'm going to say that New Orleans is going to beat Phoenix.
0: Wow, is impressive, Jim.
1: So, I mean, well, you know, part of it is Booker is questionable, and, I mean, he's such a good player. But it's also too is you know you've got it you know I didn't I didn't put this together until they actually actually beat Phoenix in the last game, but they have they have you know um, Valanciunas right who's yes. averaging in the two games he's averaging fourteen points and nineteen rebounds, nineteen rebounds, and then you have have C.J. McCollum and people forgot about him coming from Phoenix.
0: Oh, he's phenomenal.
1: Oh, my Lord. So he in the two games, he's averaging 24 points, eight rebounds, seven and a half assists, and he's shooting 50% from three point 50%. That is
0: is incredible.
1: It is. It's incredible. And how about uh,
0: Brandon Ingram, the way he's playing
1: Mike, Brandon Ingram is shooting 80% from three-point
0: land. That's, that's absurd, but he is, he is controlling his body now. You know, he's, he's all skin and bones, uh, Jim, but he's now kind of harnessed that body. I, I know from my youth that uh, as I grew so quickly, it, it's, it's a hard thing for the body. And, and these NBA players that are in their early 20s, Jim, they don't they haven't fully developed their bodies and he's learning to, to harness that, uh, that athletic talent and as his bo- body matures he's getting better and better and it's a uh, uh, and once again James uh, I, I, I my heart goes out to you because we know who drafted Brandon and he, he's no longer <laughs> with the Lakers and here he is shining with uh, the, uh, the pelicans and I, I think that their general manager David Griffin that he's one of the best in the business.
1: Yeah, I mean, he. So, so Ingram, are you listening to this? Genie Buss and Rob Palinka <laughs> oh. and LeBron James, are you listening to this? Oh,
0: you so, have an open he, sore, Jim.
1: It is. It's a. It's a. It's a. A, a canker. It's like a. Oh. <laughs> okay, so Brandon Ingram is averaging twenty-seven point five points a game, eight rebounds, and six and a half assists. He's shooting 70% from the field and 80% from three-point land. I mean, seriously. So what you have here is you have some – and by the way, Brandon Ingram is probably the best three-point shooter this side – I'm sorry, the best two-point shooter, the mid-range jump shooter, this side of DeMar DeRozan. And what you have is you have – a big man controlling the boards, you have CJ column spreading it out, and that leaves, you know, you, you can't key on Brandon Ingram. And can you imagine if they had if they had Zion here? Oh, oh. And I'm I'm gonna rag on the Lakers one more time because there's another component to the success of New Orleans. And that is Larry Nance Jr.
0: Oh, he's a
1: phenomenal Nance. ball. He's, so he's coming off the bench. He's averaging 13.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and he's shooting 65% from the field. So you've got an inside guy. You've got a three-point shooter. You've got a mid-range guy. You've got firepower coming off the bench. I think Phoenix goes down.
0: Yeah, now that is, uh, and, and you mentioned Williamson. There, there's no telling that he, he's very close to getting back. It sounds like, and it it's, it sounds like they're really uh, keeping him under wraps as long as they possibly can. But they get by Phoenix, and uh, uh, they they go a little deeper into the playoffs. Uh, this could be a, a a really a remarkable story of the Pelicans.
1: It is. I mean, they were a playoff. I mean, everybody, you know, they were a play in team and you know, they're just, you know, CJ is out of his mind. Brandon Ingram. We all know he was good, but the thing is about CJ, he toiled in obscurity up in Portland and people didn't get the, the exposure. He didn't get the exposure and the credit that he deserves because he was toiling in the shadow uh Damon Lillard and now he's out he the bright lights are shining on him and he has answered the curtain call.
0: Oh yeah, and he's he's a, you you have a a real closer in a guy like that who can take the big shot uh but still he's not uh you know, he's willing to give up the ball. Uh that that's a team that's really fascinating to watch as they evolve. It's uh it's part of the be- joy of us watching the playoffs now. Uh, And we've talked about these teams all year long. Well, the Pelicans weren't really on our radar until just recently. But, boy, I'm impressed right at this point.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, They're just – they've got all the ingredients. You know, they play tough defense. And, you know, Booker – I understand Chris Paul is a Hall of Fame player and an amazing player and the leader of that team – but you get all, you're losing a lot of firepower if if Booker is not a hundred percent. Oh, I that's mean, just that's that devastating.
0: And that's the team, that's the premier team uh, you know, all season long, the Phoenix Suns. And uh, without Booker, and I, like I said, a hamstring is a really bad one. Uh, and, and they say it's only strained, but it's a type of injury that can, can flare flare back up on you if you don't let it t- totally heal. So uh, that really puts uh, Phoenix in question and kind of uh, opens up uh, a lot in the west of the of the NBA. Uh, sp- speaking of which, no, I mean, it,
1: yeah, I mean, there's there's no there's sorry uh, there's no question about it. And the thing is, is New Orleans has been in a pressure pack situation to make the playoffs, to make the play-in game for the last three or four weeks so they're used to pressure they were under playoff pressure during the regular season where phoenix was so far out out in front of everybody that they were on cruise control so now they're going to have to generate intensity they didn't have to in the last let's face it month of the season and you know phoenix I'm, i'm sorry new orleans pressure and they're sucking it up so well, Super you know, Dave, what well, else do you well, go ahead
0: another real surprise and a key injury of course was dallas losing luca dantich but look who's come to the fore for dallas is jalen brunson brunson is starting to to, to take over and then dantich comes back there utah is in some real serious problem and dallas is starting to show signs of emerging
1: you know um, Bronson is just an amazing player and he's averaging
0: 32 points now in the playoffs and you know he's hitting uh, over 50 percent of his field goals and 41 percent from three-point land so uh, Donovan comes back and now uh, look out for Dallas because Utah seems to be uh, really sliding defensively and they they just don't seem to have a an answer for Dallas is spreading the court all over the place. And, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, Goubert is not as a, a, a you know, his rim protector is not a, a factor because they're shooting the balls from the corners and out front.
1: Yeah, they're moving the ball around. It is, it, I mean, nobody would have, you know, so nobody would have foreseen this without Luca. You know, you expect Bronson to step up because he's a Vill- Villanova boy, and you saw yesterday that Jay Wright is retiring, which is too bad because he's class in the NBA, as uh, class in in uh, in college basketball. So props to him. But Bronson, who is one of his products, I mean, he is just really stepping up and doing it, and it's also a, I just didn't think this would happen without Luca. I thought they were so Luca dependent and now they can keep resting him until Utah can show that they can keep up with Dallas. And I don't see it. He may be able to rest the whole series.
0: Oh yeah. No, that's, that's just a, 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 a real big factor here. And, and, and Dallas, uh, they have, uh, you, you know, the, the way they spread the court, they've got uh, Kleber now goes outside and, 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 Gobert has to decide, is he going to leave the middle and go out to the corner or not? And and then you have a uh, Bullock shooting well and uh, Finney Smith outside. And they've got some other weapons there uh, along with Brunson. And uh, just defensively, it doesn't look like Utah is, is really generating the, the energy necessary to slow down Dallas and, Don gets back. And uh, I I think Utah is really in serious trouble of of dropping out of the playoffs.
1: I agree. I agree. And it's just, you know, it's funny that, you know, you you gotta love the NBA playoffs because of the sense of urgency and the intensity and people step up and there's people that do well in regular seasons and that don't do well in the playoffs. And there's other people that do, you know, that's vice versa. But I just, i have to tell you super dave i just couldn't imagine utah losing to dallas without luka the you know an mvp candidate i just well, yeah, everybody's
0: imagine. talked about uh he is uh dantage is probably the biggest portion of a, any team's offense in the nba and to take him out of the equation and have them still competitive
1: is is rather remarkable who is the coach? Is that uh, Jason Kidd?
0: Yeah, Jason Kidd. He's pulling the strings there, and uh, I'm I'm impressed the way he's uh, the way he's uh, running that team. And and like I said, he went small uh, for that very reason, and it and it didn't look like Utah uh, adjusted to that, and it was it was kind of a, a a strategic factor that you have to credit the the coaches, you know
1: no question about it and you know Gobert is you know you know he's like a traditional big man even though he's euro i believe he's from france and you know but he is a traditional big man and he likes to patrol the pain, likes to hang around the rim but you're right if you're playing small ball passing around the perimeter there's no place for him to go and somebody's eventually going to be open
0: and and then there's there's some criticism uh and once again, there's uh, there's talk about Quinn Snyder, the coach of Utah, that he's not adjusting to what uh, to what Jason Kidd is doing on the Dallas side, and he's got uh, Donovan Mitchell who uh, it, it, there's they say he's they're, they're they're kind of targeting him as one of the weak links of the defense. Uh, he's scoring like crazy. He's a great offensive force for Utah, but defensively, uh, he lets the penetration go, and then the kick out to the outside, and if rudy gobert doesn't go outside then that that he's kind of a waste in there so uh it, it's a it's a really interesting chess match going on with the utah uh dallas series so it's just another factor that really makes us so interested in the uh, in the nba playoffs this year because there's there's so many moving parts jim it's it's really absolutely
1: i mean props to jason kidd yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's been around, you know, obviously he's a Hall of Fame point guard and he's been, uh, you know, of course he was a Laker assistant coach, but, uh, you know, he learned what not to do with the Lakers. And he's translating that into what he's doing at Dallas. And it's just, you know, he's winning the chess match.
0: Well, think about him as a player, uh, Jim, he evolved the same way as a player is he's now evolving as a coach because he came into the league with a reputation as not a very good outside shooter and he developed a three point shot and he was always a, a real small dis- distributor of the basketball. And it's, it's just pretty remarkable how he's uh, now we watch him evolving as a coach, as he did as a player. And that's a testimony to, to people, uh, to, to players and coaches uh nba we talk about the uh, nba or basketball iqs and uh, boy kid has got to have one of the high ones
1: no question i mean there's no question about it and sometimes that high iq on the court does not translate to being a high iq on the bench but i have to tell you that you know he is winning the chess he's you know he is uh gary fisher isn't that the name of the chess player Actually, Magnus Carlsen's the world champion in chess right now. So he's being Magnus Carlsen. And I have to tell you that I'm surprised that this is happening here, Super Dave.
0: Well, and, and, and now there's an, another player that is emerging, a Jimmy Butler for Miami. Good God, if you see what he's doing, he's averaging 33 points. He's the highest scoring player in the playoffs and he's, He's taking over things there.
1: Oh, and he is, he is big time. I mean, his intensity, you know, his intensity has put Trey Young totally out of his game. I mean, Trey Young is shooting 12% from three-point land. And he's averaging eight turnovers a game. And Miami is up 2 nothing. I mean, that this series is over and Jimmy Buckets is the one who's doing it.
0: Oh, he's just playing outstanding basketball and it's really fun fun to watch and that's a that's a team that's uh, that's going to really cause some some problems too. That's a that's uh and I told you Spolster is one of my uh, real favorite coaches.
1: Very smart man and you know he's he's coached superstars. He's coached I mean, he's coached players that have not been, you know, like great players, they're role players. You know, he has got this team humming and it's interesting and you called it and I didn't because I didn't think they'd be built for the playoffs because they were so dependent upon Duncan Robinson and Tyler hero to hit the threes. And they're doing, I mean, uh, Duncan Robinson hit a bunch in the first game, but he was cold the second game. And Tyler Hero is doing okay, but he's not lighting it up. I mean, this is Bam Alibayu and Jimmy Butler ramping up the defense. And let's face it, Atlanta is a one-man show. If you can get into Trey Young's head, they simply can't function as a team and he is stinking the place up
0: yeah but the, he could come on at any time because uh, once again I think we're looking at uh, at teams that can can adjust to what is happening and uh, from game to game uh, it, it can't it can change so i I wouldn't count out to Trey young yet that's a that's still a dangerous player that if he catches fire, can can carry his team. Uh, but you're right. Right now, he's uh, he's been kept under wraps, and uh, we'll see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, that's that is an interesting series. I mean, so Philadelphia and Toronto. Philadelphia is up three nothing. I don't think Toronto's got much of a chance. You know, they when when they lose uh, Scotty Barnes, who oh yeah, a no, that Barnes is
0: another up. key one. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think. I think that one's done. What do you think about Milwaukee and Chicago?
0: Well, I I, I told you that, and and I remember the very, probably our very first show you identified Chicago as a, as a team on the rise. And I agreed with you. And and I started to follow that because of you sort of pointing me in that direction through the season. And I was a little disappointed uh, in, in how they were playing, but now they seem to be coming, coming back alive. And DeMar Rosen is just unconscious. Unbelievable. And, and, and it seems like Zach Levine's taking a little bit of a back door now to, to DeRozan. And uh, Chicago's showing signs that uh, they, they could come back to their uh, – and, and with that key injury, uh, that, that, that makes all the difference in the world to uh, yeah, Milwaukee to, with Middleton not there. Uh, it all depends on uh, Takumbo to, 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 to carry it. And, once again, as we've identified uh, in the NBA, coaches can make adjustments and, and stop uh, one player sometimes, although Giannis is pretty hard to stop.
1: Yes, it is. And, you know, it's almost like let Giannis, you know, run wild and then just try and stop everybody else, play everybody else honestly. But you're right, DeMar DeRozan, who we all know could have been a Laker this year. Um, instead oh, of but
0: we got Westbrook though. That, that, that's that was the uh, that was the choice. Let's see, uh, Russell Westbrook or DeMar DeRozan. Uh, uh, let's go with Russell. I don't get it.
1: Well, once again, LeBron and the three stooges, which are. Palenka and Bus and Kurt Rambis striking. Oh, and Rambis's and, wife,
0: Jim, of course,
1: of course. I mean, why get a, why get a, why why do the the guy who's played all this let's get his wife because she knows so much about basketball. <laughs> but he was unconscious in that game, and you know, if you watch that game, I could not believe how much impact that Alex Caruso had on that game.
0: Oh yes. Caruso's back. And, and he, you're a very good point. Caruso and then Vukovic uh, at the, at the, uh, the center position, boy, that, that's the team, like I said, that all of a sudden is a, is a force again, but, oh man. Uh, Yes. Yeah. It's great seeing, you know, the your ex Lakers start to come back and, Uh, That just shows you how important defense is and ball distribution. Caruso gets gets that team
1: moving. It does. I mean, it. You know, he had, and I'm I'm getting this from memory, but he had either ten or eleven assists and maybe one or two turnovers. He had a couple of steals. He had, I believe, he had nine points but he had the biggest plus minus of any player in that game. And he is just, he's ferocious on defense. He's intense. And it's also too, is that you, and you know, the Lakers could have kept him for $7 million. Oh, I you mean, you can...
0: you're your coming about intense. Look at him on the, in the huddles on the sideline. He is animated. He's talking. They, they talk about him as a coach on the floor. And I thought one of the demise uh, that I, I that I thought, well, I sort of took my eyeball off of, of Chicago was uh, when Lonzo Ball went out, because I thought he was he was going to be the one of the ones that was going to uh, really bring that team to the forefront. But now that uh, you know, it, it's it's really interesting to, to see the evolution of that team as they adjust the injuries.
1: Caruso is like everybody's hero. Uh You know, if you look at it, because, you know, he played at Texas A&M. He wasn't great coming out of high school. He had a good college career. He went to the D League. You know, you know that he worked like a dog to get his shot at the NBA. And he made good use out of it. And now he is, he was like the, well, I guess you'd have to say DeRozan was the difference in that game when Chicago beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee, I might add. And, but Caruso was right there. And I think that another good point that you made is Zach Levine stepping back, realizing that DeRozan was unstoppable and was hot, subjugated his game in, you know, for the team, speaks volumes about the culture, uh, you know, given the fact that a superstar, an all-star like Zach Levine, slam dunk champion, would step back and allow another player to shine because he knew it was best for the team.
0: Oh, yeah. that's uh, and, and that's the essence of the team game. Uh, teams that learn how to how to play with each other. And, and, and once again, that take, that all took place during the season, but you use another key. You come up with these great words. Unstoppable is what you had described to Rosen at times. Just he could pull up at any moment. There's no, there's no staying with him and he's got, he's renewed the interest in the mid range shot, Jim. It's you don't have to take nothing but threes anymore. He's proven, Uh, And he scored over 40 last game with nothing but mid-range shots.
1: He did. And, you know, the thing, you know, I saw him, you know, in the fourth quarter and he was, you know, uh, they had uh, Giannis guarding him and he would make a move and pull up at the, either the elbows or right at the free throw line, you know, the, the, the the pinnacle of the mid-range areas and he'd pull up and Giannis was in his shorts and he would just rise above and swish it through I mean just amazing he was unstoppable I mean it was just no getting in even Giannis couldn't stop him. so what do you think is going to happen there I mean you know what do you think who's going to win that series
0: I you know, it, it is hard to say but I I really do favor the Bulls now because of uh Middleton is just such a key part of the 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 Bucks and and we've just identified everything that that makes the Bulls uh you know a, a, a force now again and uh, uh I I just I I think Chicago actually takes the Bucks and uh and moves on. <laughs>
1: I would agree unless I would agree unless for some reason Middleton makes a miraculous recovery. I just don't think Giannis and Holiday and the cast of characters they've surrounded him uh, with Giannis are, are good enough. And I don't see a huge coaching edge for Milwaukee over, over, uh, over um, the coach for uh, Chicago. So you know, I I would agree. You know, I mean that sets up. You know, I can't wait to watch Caruso guard Jimmy Butler.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that'll
1: be quite a matchup. So, I mean, they'll they'll both be chewing nails.
0: one one uh, of uh, another one of the NBA matchups is that's, that's showing a, 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 a interesting turns is the Minnesota memphis series where oh my Lord. minnesota had a 26 point lead lost it then they got another 20 some point lead again and and memphis was able to come back against them who the hell knows what's happening in that series jim
1: well there was a 21 point run okay now they're a young team milwaukee i'm sorry uh Minnesota is a young team and so's, so's Memphis. I mean, they're two of the youngest teams in the playoffs and the coach allowed the coach for Milwaukee. I'm sorry. I keep saying Milwaukee. The coach for Minnesota allowed Memphis to go on a 21 point run. 21 21 to to nothing without calling a timeout. I mean, come on dude. I mean, your team is in, you know, it's, it was tragic. And also, too, is now I'm, I'm lauding all the former Lakers. Russell, D'Angelo Russell, couldn't throw a pee in the ocean and he kept shooting. And, you know, the Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns took a lot less shots than him. And that was just ridiculous. I mean, it was coaching and a very bad point guard play by D'Angelo Russell that allowed Memphis to seize the momentum. I mean, this series should be over.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. It seems like all of a sudden Towns disappeared. And uh, uh, Chris Finch, the coach of Minnesota, has got to just be scratching his head. I mean, because, you know, it it sounds like a a team that quits at times or relaxes when they get a lead, I know the, uh, uh, NBA, uh, inside the NBA guys were talking about that, about how, uh, Minnesota just is uh, Charles Barkley calls them stupid <laughs> because, because he says, you can't, you just can't lose a 20 point, 20 plus point lead twice in the same game, but Minnesota somehow managed it.
1: Yeah. They're, they are not well coached. They do not have good players. They have good players. They have talent, but no intelligence. They have no IQ. And I heard Charles, Sir Charles say that too, as well. And it was reiterated by Kenny, the jet Smith, as well as Shaq. They're a dumb team. They got talent. I mean, they've got three really good players. Anthony Edwards is a monster. And how can you have be seven feet, Carl Anthony Towns, be able to you win the NBA three-point shooting contest. You can post up. You can go inside and outside. How can you let a uh, talent like that disappear? Answer I, I, me that. I have no answer for you, Jim. <laughs> all right. So what do you think is going to happen in the West, given all of it? Who's coming out of the West?
0: Well, I, I I really think that the Booker injury is going to be uh, a, a, an absolute killer for Phoenix when when they were the odds-on favorite in this tournament. And I, if he does come back, like I said, it's an injury that can can flare up at any time. I think he'd have to go easy. I think they'll have to hold him out as long as possible. And the way uh, the uh, Pelicans are looking, I think that. They, they might not get by New Orleans, you know, and I think the Heat will get by the Hawks. And I think Dallas, uh, if, if Doncic comes back, will take the Jazz. Uh, but I think the Warriors are the best team in the West, uh, and, and they're peaking at the right time, which was part of my theory a couple of months ago, thinking that, you know, that Curry could get healthy. Uh, Clay Thompson was not 100%, I could tell. And now the emergence of Looney, I think the Warriors, the Warriors come out and I think it'll, it will it might be a, a matchup with the Heat and the Warriors, uh, uh, ultimately.
1: Is that what you're picking now, the Heat and the Warriors?
0: Well, let's see. The, the, I'm picking the Warriors. Uh, the, the Heat is in the uh, uh, East, aren't they?
1: Yeah, so who do you so you got? in yeah, so the West, got, I think
0: it's gonna it's gonna end up the Warriors and the Pelicans, or no? Yeah, the Warriors and the Pelicans, I think in the West. Wow,
1: gosh, that's amazing. I Nobody know. I know. That,
0: uh, but... Think about that at midseason, and you think I'm nuts, but uh, that's that's who I like coming out of the West, and I like uh, I like the uh, I still say the Celtics are the favorites. Uh, and I think it will end, end up a, uh, a Celtic Heat final.
1: I, it's going to be hard to argue with either one of those. I love, I love the fact that New Orleans is there. Because of, you know, just because of where they came from. They thought, you know, I mean, everybody thought with Zion, Zion being so apathetic about the team and rumors about trade that they were done. Boy, but you put in somebody like C.J. McCollum and it totally changes the dynamics. I mean, he is like Steph Curry Jr. with his three-point shooting. And he can carry it for a season, you know, for a series. So I love your picks. I love your picks, Super Dave. So what? Uh, now that we're, we're done with the picking, because I agree with you, What would you like to say about basketball in the playoffs? And it's an open mic and you're up, sir.
0: Well, I I encourage anybody that's listening to this podcast, if they have been a little bit bored in the past with the NBA, I think this would be the time to sit down and watch some of these playoff games uh, and and you will find the interesting uh, factors are that any one of these teams—they're so talented now, Jim. The these teams go seven, eight deep with incredible talent. We mentioned the stars on most of these teams, but uh, I see emerging stars. You know, we talked about Brandon Ingram. You know, he was just one of their good players. Now he's—he's a—he's—he's he's moving up to an upper echelon player. But there's a lot of those, and, and it's an uh, absolute uh, incredible opportunity in the playoffs where you can see a short series and see how these teams and, and really it's an open, I, I the, the, the teams I mentioned are just what I think is going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised at any of these teams emerging. So that's what I, my message out there to our listeners, Jim, is to to sit down and, 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 and take a, even if you've gone away and gone to college basketball, come back to the pros uh, learn from Jim and I how, why we appreciate the NBA so much. And I think they will be, be happier and they'll learn something in the process, Jim.
1: Well said super Dave. And, you know, we usually do a podcast every two weeks, but we're going to have to do one next week.
0: I think so. so. We're
1: getting to that point of
0: playoffs. I think we should jam one in before we get too far along.
1: We shall, So we'll set something up for next week. Super Dave, thank you for joining us. And for all our listeners out there, thank you for listening to the Who Gives a Shit Files.